0: I know right now it's hard to see, but one day you're going to believe it. I was the first one counted out, now I'm the youngest one winning. My brothers tell me they see me, My sister saw me on TV. She said that hey, you were a superstar, but now I'm the underdog. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She said that hey, you were a superstar, but now I'm the underdog. Uh-huh.
1: Well, we have a special guest today. want to welcome Brandon Seja. Welcome to the Underdog Podcast.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you having me. I feel uh, like I've been an underdog, so I fit the narrative here.
1: Absolutely. And uh, it's been a big uh, point of focus for us You know, since we got to know each other, uh, ran into each other down in Cincinnati sporting events and different things. And I started really following you close, Brandon. And when I think of mental health, I honestly think of you. I know I reached back and I think it was a little too uh, you know, sensitive at the time. You were focusing on yourself and now you've come out and are really uh, helping others and hopefully helping save lives, which I think you're doing, definitely changing lives for the better. So really wanted to focus this season, Brandon, for the Underdog Podcast is about being vulnerable, including myself, open, and as as you talk about often, just really trying to help others. So um, I want to introduce your story a little bit. I'm sorry, this is going to be about you, not about me, but uh, I know I'm doing most of the talking, but I think you're when you came out publicly and talked about, I have your Your tweet here and and you posted uh some things i'll just take some some scripts maybe not word for word but you said i've always felt alone i don't know why but i do for the first time i thought about suicide i was 14 years old the last time i thought about it was two weeks ago and this is relating back to uh, last year i'll never forget or earlier this year i should say i'll never forget when my mom almost caught me with a knife in the kitchen my freshman year of high school i had no idea that was just the start of my 15-year battle with depression and just the start of fighting for my life within with myself. So I think that obviously starts off talking about mental health and, and now what you're doing. Can you kind of talk back about that journey, you know, that when you're 14 years old and kind of allow people to get to know uh, your journey here?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that that's where I was, um, you know, six months ago you know, I wrote a goodbye letter. I was ready to go. I started, you know, just to be transparent. I, you know, I started calling people one night saying bye and it was, I mean, that's how close I was to either, you know, drinking myself to, to, you know, suicide, or I thought about jumping off the Roebling bridge before or laying down in traffic outside the casino downtown. I mean um the battle had always been that feeling of being alone. You know, I, I, I just never had really, I didn't know what that meant. Maybe um, it it was, you know, with relationship with friends. I, I, it just, it made no or family. Like it made no sense because I had so many great people around me. Um, But I just started out when I was 14, you know, I got, I got made fun of my first year of high school and I loved going to LaSalle and had a great experience and I love going back now, but I just, you know, you know how kids are and it's even worse nowadays with Social media and everything. I just, I couldn't take it one day, and I just—that was the first time I ever thought about. It. I'll never forget. Like I said in that letter, going into the kitchen and grabbing a knife and and just sitting there contemplating, you know, cutting myself. And my my mom got up to just do something harmless, like go grab a drink or something like that. I put it away and went back to my room. And it's, um, but when you think when I think back of like the last, you know, I'm 29 now, the last 15 years there's been shoot, man, I don't know. There's probably been 20 times where I've thought about suicide. Um, whether it be holding a pillow over my face or, um, just, you know, walking home after, after drinking downtown and thinking about just jumping. Cause I was just so sad of, you know, not having, you know, that significant other in my life or, you know, the struggles of my career, the ups and downs. And that's another thing, which I'm sure we'll dive into is that like, I'm not, you know, some NFL athlete or some superstar on TV, but you know, you got to fake it for a lot. Um, a lot of time when you're struggling, you know, the, the, the news and I worked on TV, it was at six and 11 every day and I had to be there and, and put a good face on and you know, that last six months, It was really, really hard to do that. It was easily the hardest year of my life just with everything kind of crashing down.
1: Yeah. And now just to jump in, I would say watching you on TV, that's what I think really brought awareness and kind of opened my eyes, was like, wow, I watching you and meeting you, I thought everything, you know, you judge a book on by its cover on the outside, you're like, dude, Brandon is killing it, right? You were you know, sports, you know, UC's best year, you know, the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. And and I know you're, you know, LaSalle and Cincinnati guy through and through. Um, and so I'm thinking watching you, you know, do all these reports so that you're, you know, having the time of your life, I had no idea that you were the polar opposite. And so I think when you came out, you know, myself included, I was really, you know, so glad you did uh, do, to, do that. I think, you know, that takes a lot of courage and Unbelievable um, transparency into your life, and that's not an easy thing to do. But I was shocked, man. I was shocked, and so um, you know, I think that to me, and and I don't know, you know, those that might you know think the same way. And I think oftentimes when I see suicide, it is a lot of times the folks that I wouldn't think that do it. And uh, so, how do you beat that stigma? Right? You talk a lot about it, like. How did you come to that, you know, breaking point, or can you kind of talk through, like, you're doing all these coverages. I see smoking the cigar in Kansas City, right? I'll never forget you in the tunnel there or, um, you know, down in Dallas at the college football playoff. I mean, you were from the outside living the dream, and then, you know, there was obviously a stigma saying, hey, I, you're a perfect, you know, uh, guy and is, you know, you know living the dream, and, and it was far from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I – I'll be honest. It was the, the the best year of my life, and I wrote this in that letter. Best year of my life professionally. I was living my dream. Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Like I said, I was smoking a cigar with Joe Mixon after the game. Players are hugging me like I had something to do with them going to the Super Bowl. It was some of the coolest moments of my life. Um, but I had things going on. You know, I I haven't really um, opened up about it a ton, rather than just one sentence in there. Thinking, you know, saying. That you know my the girl I th- or woman I thought I was going to marry you know broke up with me, and you know out of respect to her I don't really want to go too deep into that. But that was one of the you know biggest things I thought I had found you know that person, and then um, things kind of went south in the middle of football season, and it became a very uh, hard thing for me to overcome. So like I was reporting on games and all excited on TV, and then I'm dealing with my personal life. Um, on the side or like you know texting or calling in between live hits with her trying to figure out how I can save this thing um so that was that was the main continuous thing was seeing you know I mentioned being alone and I thought that I was finally like you know I thought I was done being alone and I finally found you know who I thought I you know I was going to marry and all that stuff and um it just broke me. It completely broke me. I went from being on cloud nine, everything like lining up. I'd, you know, moved back into my parents' house to save money to buy a house. I lost 25 pounds. I finally met this woman and things were going great. And then all of a sudden, and, you know, the Bengals and, and UC are having these crazy, amazing years. Like life could not be more perfect. And it was the first time I was like truly happy with everything. And then slowly things just kind of start to happen. And like you said, like you'd never know watching me on TV um, or seeing me at a game, that that stuff was going on. And I, I I kept that, you know, relationship pretty private from, from the public. But then I, you know, if you caught me at a bar downtown on like a, you know, a Thursday or Friday night, I mean, there was multiple nights where that, that was killing me. And I'm I'm sitting there having a beer with my buddies and all of a sudden I'm just crying. And that's where I got to, um, that's where I got to the low was the relationship failing. That was the number one thing. And then I had three deaths in my family, um, all within like a month and a half of each other. And, you know, she was all there for all part of that, even though we were breaking up, which I was thankful for at the time, but like my, you talk about the Bengals run. I'm down there in Tennessee in Nashville, getting ready to go live at five o'clock. And at four fifty, my cousin Zach calls me and says, "Hey, I need you to sit down." And I'm like, "Okay, dude, like, I don't have time to mess around. Like, I'm about to go on. Like, what do you mean?" And he's like, "They just found Ben, our other cousin, and us three were like brothers. Um, they just found Ben dead in Fairfield in his car. They don't know anything. They just we just found him dead." And, you know, he ended up having a heart attack at 32. And I mean, I was just in shock and I still, I I went and did that one live hit at five. And then I asked my bosses, like, please just give me the rest of the day off and I'll be ready for game day. And I was, and he was supposed to come down. um, He was supposed to come down to the game and meet up with me. And his best friend that was with him brought down his ticket to the front row. And I got to, you know, meet her, you know, I've known her for a while, but see her. And, you know, she like showed me his ticket and took a picture with her and, you know, the Bengals won in a crazy way. And I think, you know, that was partially for Ben. So um, that's kind of just the, where my life was at those three months from like October to January into February, I'm bad at math, five months, whatever it was, maybe December, we started breaking up in December. And then, um, yeah, I just hit rock bottom. I went through like month and a half of crying every day, being in bed until one, um, stop working out, stop eating. Um, I just, I was depressed every, day. I can't explain it. And I don't, I don't think I'll ever go back to that. Um, and I wouldn't want to see it. It's just, you get to this point where you're like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do it. I've tried, you know, I thought I was on cloud nine and had, every, all, you know, had all life figured out. Um, and I didn't. And so that's when I knew, I knew when I wrote that goodbye letter. And um, there, the night that I started, George, George Vogel was the first person I called um, the next day. And I haven't told this story, I think to anyone, but I uh, I was, uh i was starting to cut my wrists in the bathroom i was calling people to say goodbye and he came over and sat with me for three hours and you know he's like a brother to me i love that guy to death um and the next day i called my therapist and asked to see how i could get checked into a mental health hospital and did that and then the next week i was in at the Linder center hope and that place saved my life and you know, it's a continuous process, but I mean, i have never thought about suicide since I've, I've been down some, some crazy experiences, whether it be, you know, changing jobs or things, you know, with that breakup that came up after that. Um, but I've just been able to kind of, you talk. I think the original question, which I rambled was changing the stigma. Yep. And it was like when I was in you these classes there and, you know, I, like, am I allowed to cuss on this or no? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Okay.
0: The, uh, we're sitting there in class and they're talking about like men speaking out and I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, I still want to be a bitch. And like the, the psychiatrist in front of like 20 people is like, that's the issue, what you just said. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like, and I've always been pretty public and like, I spoke about depression before, but I just, you know, never did it on this level. So now it's like when I got out of there and I posted that letter and I saw some of the reaction. um, So I think I posted that like my last week and the program. So I kind of like was able to turn the page by the end of the letter. I just saw, I probably got like a thousand to 1500, not like comments or likes or they were like messages on Instagram, Twitter, email, Facebook, and I went through and I, I did my best to answer everyone for the next two days. And I got everything from, you know, like, whoa, like, I had no idea that's going on. I'm praying for you. Or, you know, I need resources. How do I get there to like, I probably had four or five where people told me, Hey, I was going to, you know, do the same thing you were going to do. And then I saw this letter or I saw this tweet. And like, I had some kid from Boston reach. out. I was like, I have no idea. I'm a huge Patriots fan. And one of my friends must have retweeted it, or I have no idea how I follow you. But like that letter is what is what like made me want to call and get help instead of, you know, thinking about suicide tonight. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like if, if little Cincinnati sports supporter me can help a couple people that are you know that close. I don't want anyone to go through what I went through and struggle. Like I did. I mean, I was a two month suicidal watch of just misery, misery. Um, and that's why I wanted to start the, the mental game podcast. I didn't know how I didn't know when, but I just thought if I could get some of these, football players that I know in the NFL or coaches or musicians or actors to come on and talk about experiences they've had, that's going to help a million times more people than me from that letter you started reading.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, incredibly powerful. So when you go, um, you know, someone that's seeking help, you know, you were able to find the resources, like you said, call the therapist, get into the Lindner Center of Hope can you kind of walk through like what that you know someone that's listening or might know somebody that might send this podcast hey listen to brandon's story like what what resources would you recommend like maybe explain that a little bit of like how that really sounds like that was really the maybe the turning point like you said right rock bottom you hit it then you go get help you know george comes over you decide the next day to call then you get checked in can you kind of walk through like someone that might be like you said you don't want to be the the stigma of being the bitch right or whatever like hey get over it go get checked in this is what happens and then you you can progress
0: yeah i mean it um like i just had no choice i had to like i just knew i made it to one the number one thing in that letter is like i could never do that to my mom like i could never like force her to have to grieve losing a child that was like the number one thing for 15 years was i couldn't do it because of my mom and um but the, it took me 12 years to ask for help. It took me till 2020. And then I just, you know, I started going through my insurance company, looking up therapists to see, you know, who's covered. And that's another whole topic of, you know, I had really good insurance at the time, but like mental health is not covered a lot of the times on insurance, which is just crazy to me. And that's something I'm going to fight for eventually down the road. But there's a bunch of great like websites that if you, I mean, seriously, if you just, you know if you just google mental health resources you'll be able to find therapists in your area you know i don't want to you know individually say different websites and get into all that but you can find it on your phone easy and it's the best decision you'll make even if you're like frustrated with certain things at work or in your personal life and you're not even close to the level that i was depressed it helps just get off your chest and get some advice and you know just check in once a month or once every couple months um now, if you're, if you're, if you're in a more serious state, like, I mean, I try to be an example of it where I was suicidal and thinking about suicide and I was depressed for 15 years. And for the you know first time in my life, that hasn't come up in six months. Like, and that's, I don't think it is um, crossing my fingers that, you know, I stay on this path and everything, but like places like the Linder Center, I hope, or a therapist, or um, you just got to you just got to go for it. Like if you're struggling, you got to realize it yourself before it's too late. And that's the, everyone needs help and that you just got to go get it. And if you, like you said, most people didn't know, people close to me knew I was struggling. They saw the stuff going wrong in my life behind the scenes. But like I say it all the time, like a text, a call, a FaceTime to your best friends once a week, like that literally can be life-saving and so if you're not the one struggling you never know who is so try to reach out to people as much as you can
1: yeah no doubt and and you know i know you shared about uh, some things and details that a lot of people might not know a lot of things people don't know about me is i actually saw a therapist in, in you know a while back and in my early mid-20s i really struggled i never had a i never knew what anxiety anxiety was and what a panic attack was and I sure enough, I found out and it was miserable um, and I'll never forget. And I had no idea what was the matter. And, and so I was the same way. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, you know what I mean? Like leader of the company, this, that, and and so on and so forth, the masculinity takes over the ego. And yeah. then uh, I finally got to the point and they were talking with my mom and my girlfriend, now wife at the time and other people. And I was like, man, I, I felt just uh, overwhelmed, you know? And uh, the best thing I did was to go see somebody and, I'll never, I've, I've made that private to a lot of people that I've learned that maybe have some, some challenges, um, that, that really helped me because you're talking to somebody is, is really, really important. Um, so, you know, I wanted to share that too, that, that I haven't often said, or really don't say at all is, you know, I, I did go see someone for quite a while and it was super helpful, but it took a while. But, and then I reached out to a lot of my former teammates and they were like, dude, I, I have anxiety and I had panic attacks, the same thing. And I had to, you know, go, go talk to someone. I'm like, cause I felt like I was just alone. I was an outsider, like no one. And sure enough, there was, I don't know, almost of my, my class at Miami of our 24 guys, even like the 10 guys I talked to about half of them had uh, some sort of anxiety, panic attacks, maybe depression. And it just opened up, man. I felt so much more um, that there was, you know, awareness and I felt support. I didn't feel alone. And so I think there's a lot more in, 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 folks like yourself and, you know, Kevin Love has come out, you know, a lot of sports and actors, actresses, you know, it's really, I think battling the stigma is a huge thing for a lot of people. So anyway, I'm right there with you, brother. Um, it's, it's, it's a battle every day, you know? Um, yeah. so, you know, I try to keep that self-talk and, positive thinking. And like you said, a lot of the negative uh, media uh, at times, not the media, but the content, I should say, yeah. um, you know, messaging can get a little overwhelming for me. And it's just something to keep try to say positives in the mental game podcast. Can you kind of go in that? That's a huge positive thing to share any, I know you released the guest list, which is a star studded to say the least.
0: Yeah. I'm so pumped about that. I mean, this is kind of my whole not just like what I've been working towards my whole life professionally, but personally, like I had no idea that, um, I mean, what I, would I want to not go through the depression and suicidal thoughts and the shit that I went through the last year and that whole relationship blowing up? Yeah. I would love to take that away and take that pain away and not have to, you know, think about all that. But what it did was it forced me to go to a mental health hospital, get myself right. And then realize, like I said, that, there's a need for something like this. So the mental game was born organically. Like as a kid, I always wanted to like host a tonight show or be on sports center. Well, this is kind of my version of doing it, taking two things that I'm passionate about sports and and mental health and bringing it together. And it's been so cool. We've recorded, um, I want to say like seven, eight episodes so far. And like you said, we just put out the guest list where, you know, I'm getting people that I have, dreamed of, of meeting or talking to, whether it be, you know, Kate Flannery, who played Meredith in the office or Heisman Trophy winner and NFL legend who's had has a crazy story. Ricky Williams, like I'm going out to L.A. in, in three weeks to, to record those episodes with them. But Joe Thomas from the Browns is a future NFL Hall of Famer in Cincinnati Bengals Uh, defensive end Sam Hubbard him and I have been close for a long time you know we were kind of the same era I think I was three four years older than him in high school but um, Jake Fraley from the Reds you know he almost thought about quitting baseball this past year when he was hurt and started seeing a mental coach and I think these conversations are really going to open up you know the conversation more and help break the stigma because it's people that you know, I had people talk about mental health somewhat when I was in school, or like, you know, I was like I said, I, you know, talked to a therapist, or I was, you know, these different people inside um the Leonard Center Hope that are great and they really, really helped me, gave me some great tools. But I think the the thing that's gonna make this really a success is the fact that it's someone like me who is authentic about mental health and has really gone through the shit and was on the doorstep of committing suicide along with some of these big name athletes that, that people love and are big fans of. And, you know, mental health the last two years has come such a long way with breaking that stigma. I couldn't think of a better time. And I think the guest list are always the guest list is just going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. Um, and we're going to figure out a way to incorporate, you know, viewers and fans to, to be involved too. You know, whether it be like, you know, a talk back feature where they can ask, you know, a therapist questions, we're going to have resources on the screen for people with a QR code, things like that. So if they are feeling where I was at, they literally can just scan their phone and find a, ther- find a wow. therapy online or be able to call the 988, you know, the new suicide prevention hotline, things like that. And like I said, I'm not afraid, you know, I, I got really lucky I I worked my ass off, but I got really lucky to have some really cool jobs and assignments and meet some incredible people, but that's taught me how to network. And I'm not afraid to reach out to anyone. Like, uh, like I reached out to kid Cuddy two days ago and, you know, his manager told me like, loves the idea. doesn't have time for right now. Thanks for reaching out. But like, at least I got an answer. Like, and that's the only way, you know, like I did the same with Ricky Williams and You know ricky loved the idea and got back to me within like a couple days and now we're going out to la to record it like it's it's going to be it's it's genuine and it's authentic and that is what's going to help a lot of people i think
1: yeah dude that's love it love it love it appreciate uh so powerful i mean really is i mean we talk all the time here about changing lives and and this is saving lives and um couldn't be any more critical Topic, I think in, in the world, uh, especially now after a lot of different events that have happened in the last couple of years have put right. a lot of pressure in different ways on humans. And, and I think the mental awareness and like I said, breaking the stigma and you're doing just that, Brandon. So um, anything else, any, I know this was an incredibly powerful, I would say knowledge nuggets and um, great, great episode. Is there anything else you would want to share or, or anything, any words of advice for our listeners?
0: I just think, keep fighting, keep going, you know, I have noticed that, you know, I'm not alone. I figured out a way to be happy with myself and I was at the lowest of the low. Um, I was ready to go, like I said, wrote a goodbye letter. I thought about suicide on and off 15 years. And I, if I'm able to get out of it, I, you know, I promise anyone listening can too. It's, and that's the thing that's gonna be, you know, prevalent on the podcast is that you know, you're know, you going to see people that you never thought had suffered from depression or anxiety or whatever problem they might have and they're some of the biggest stars in music sports whatever it is and they're able to get through it like if they can you can too and it's i just get help it's not it's okay to, it's okay to ask for help there's medicine there's therapists um, whatever scale you're on how depressed you are how much anxiety you have Like just go get help because, you know, things like, like your podcast and, and, and mine and therapists and events, whatever it is, it, every little thing makes a difference. Like I said, a a FaceTime, a call, a text, asking somebody to grab dinner or something like it can change or save their life. So that's just my best advice. If you need help, go get it. And if you see some, someone struggling, just do something to help.
1: Yeah. Couldn't be better said. And then definitely follow uh, the mental game podcast, Brandon's Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? It's a must follow.
0: Oh, he's at Brandon sayo
1: So pretty easy at Brandon. He's got a white checkered mark there. He's he's important in the Twitter world, but no, more importantly, good, really good content. Um, I love following you, man. And I'm so glad that uh, we get to work together and a different way. I know I'm not as involved in, in chatterbox, but super passionate. Um, I love being part of your guys team and help where I can and um I've always wanted you on the podcast and we're able to check that box and and once again thank you for being open vulnerable um we're going to break the stigma we're going to create more awareness I can't wait to see where that podcast goes and I know the best is ahead for you and in the squad uh you know working all together so appreciate you brother have a good one and uh, I'm sure we'll see each other soon
0: Thanks Kyle I appreciate it man I love what you're doing too and I'm glad we're able to team up not just me sitting there with a heavy ass camera on the, on the court at UC games I'm able to you know hang out and talk and work with you too it's been fun man. thank you for having
1: me on yeah I can't wait till we're sitting together watching a game uh, and you're not working so we're gonna make that happen here sooner than later basketball season's right around the corner if not football we'll do uh, we got basketball you got my word there so Good guys, baby.
0: y'all didn't know me before it is who would have thought it turned to all of this? I found a way with this, I got away with that, had a way to wish, I never cut it back, I doubled down on my bed, I told you that we alright,
1: I kept it calm and collect, never been scared of new no heights, so y'all gon' believe the hype, and I'm going lead the way, I'm not no role model, but know my role mama, this ain't no piece of cake, I'm trying to keep my faith, I can't go cutting corners, it's about who wanted more.